for far too long. We've been told what to do, what to think, how to be. No more. The old paradigm is crumbling, falling all around us. Burn it all. It's my mission to bring you back to your natural state of luxury, to lead you to an empowered place with energetic intention. Luxury is a personal, expansive experience, one that's been kept from you, hidden away, a soul experience broken into a million pieces. Luxuriously fierce is for those who know there's more, who desire more, even if you don't know what more is. It's for those who are ready to burn old paradigms to the ground and walk through the flames to the other side. For those who are ready to be bold in their being, fierce in their feminine. Luxuriously Fierce is not just a brand, it's a movement. It's not something I do, it's something I am. Together, we are setting fire to the old and forging a new path. A new world. One where openness and truth are the norm. Where changing the world begins with healing yourself. If you're here on this earth, in this lifetime, to light a fire and burn everything you believe to be true to the ground, welcome to my world. Burn it all and watch the ashes fly. Welcome back to the Luxuriously Fierce podcast. I'm so excited today to be sitting down with Julie from Julie's Unknown. Julie is a life and spiritual coach and author here to guide humans to live their wildest possible dreams through inner child healing, shadow work, unraveling living beliefs, human design, manifestation, and self-love combined with many other spiritual practices. She's a 2-4 self-projected projector. She lives in Tofino, where she spends her time surfing, doing yoga, napping, and cooking up a storm. Napping. You can't see us if you're listening to this, but we're like, napping. Thumbs up. Yeah. I don't have <laughs> a So cranky. <laughs> Truth. Truth. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here. Can Thank you... you tell us about you and what you do? You do so many things. I love it. I know. I do many things. And it's really funny because you know how they always say, like, you need to niche or you need yeah. to be like, just focus on one thing. And like, if anybody who is listening, if you do know human design, like, oh, you know, it's the many gens that have their hands in multiple pots, like not the projectors. I just like don't like putting myself in any box. Yeah. And everything I do with my coaching business is like, is everything I've learned, is everything I do in my day-to-day. So it's not that I'm just like grabbing it out of thin air and being like, oh, I'm just going to offer this because it sounds pretty. Because <laughs> it's a cool thing to do. All the cool kids yeah. are doing it. Exactly. Like, oh, manifestation. But no, it's because I have had experience with manifestation. Um, Like how I got this home, which is like a crazy, crazy story. But it's just like, it's, 
it's using like everything I do. It's because I do it day to day or in my life or I have done it and maybe like for a period and then I come back to it later on. And yeah, it's all, it's everything I know. And there's no better mentor than someone who knows, right? Who has those experiences. And to me, that's what, you know, a coach or a mentor is. You more like a mentor. When I think of coach, I think of like, these are the rules and, you know, these are the five steps to this thing. But to me, mentor is so, it's so much more open in that you could be a mentor in anything as long as you've experienced it, right? And come up the other side and integrate those lessons. And I love it. And I love what you said about human design because I love human design. I love it. It's so insightful. It's so powerful. And when you recognize when you learn about your your energy and your human design type and you start to recognize your patterns and you start to work with your energy based on your design so much happens so much shifts it's so powerful and so expansive yet a lot of people do use it to put themselves in a box right you've got to be careful like oh uh, for me I'm a I'm a manifester in human design so manifestors and projectors work really well together but you know if if I were like I'm a manifester and so that means I need to rest all the time but I, I would never get anything done right it's it's not or like oh I'm having this create this creative urge where's my creative urge your creative urges don't come if you're if you're thinking about them right like if you're in your head there's no there's not that creative urge it just it's not and I completely agree because like I always see I always tell everybody this and I see human design it's an experiment you're meant to experience like your chart yourself because everybody's chart is different right depending on like what gates and channels and where the planets land and you, you know like if you go in the deeper levels so yeah like there are the certain things in you know characteristics of a manifest or manage and all the other types that will define you but you're not limited to that mm -hmm. and even like I know that there are some gates that are projected gates like or projected channels where if you are a manage or a generator in for those certain gates you do need an invitation to share your gifts yeah and so it's there's just so many specific things about it that you can't really limit yourself in a box or get, like you said, get in your head about like, oh, you know, like I'm supposed to have these like creative bursts. Like, okay, creative bursts, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> like sitting around waiting for it all the time. <laughs> and that goes into the waiting energy. So I like to, I like removing the wait to respond or the wait for invitation out of human design because I have this, this theory for, for me that when you put yourself in the waiting position, you'll always be in the waiting position energetically. Mm -hmm. So if you're always waiting for something to respond, you'll be always waiting. So I just removing that word and just saying like, you know, the things that will happen in your environment, that is what you respond to. And the universe is just like shifting things for you. Same thing with invitations. And so... I, re I like removing the waiting because people are like, oh, I have to wait. I have to wait. Okay, I'll wait. And then they just like, <laughs> wait. And you're just like, you're always going to be waiting if you're doing that. 
That's true. And it applies to everything, right? You're, you'll always be waiting if you're waiting. Exactly. Like, you know, if you're, for example, if you just start dating someone, right? And you're waiting for them to text you. And you're like looking at your phone, you're waiting and, and you're just like, is he going to text me? Is he going to text me? And you're waiting, waiting. You may always be waiting. And sometimes, yeah, like he may or she may message you, right? But it's still, you're putting yourself in that energetic space. Whereas if you're like, oh, no, they're going to message me when they're meant to message me. You go on about your day, you go about you doing your thing and then surprise. Yeah, things happen when you let go. Right? When you surrender to whatever is meant to be. Exactly. Exactly. Surrendering and letting go is powerful, but sometimes can be challenging. <laughs> yeah. Very challenging. Very challenging. Nobody said this was easy. No. And even as much as you're like, okay, like if I manifest that it's going to be easy or if I put it in the mindset that surrendering is going to be easy for some reasons, surrendering or sitting still in that, in our feminine like energy, I don't know why we make it so complicated or like why we just resist so much. Like, why is it that our masculine energy wants to take over and continue doing? I mean, that's, that's how we're programmed to be do, 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 busy, 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 go, go, go. And we start to slow down. Our brain is like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's like error code, error <laughs> blue screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or like I think what just I think of the like I I mean I haven't seen this in years, but like when I was a kid, there and the TV went out, it would be like the block, the rainbow color blocks on the TV screen is what oh I, I remember that. <laughs> I think we're dating ourselves a little. <laughs> like anybody, my grandmother had a TV that was so old that it just had like. It wasn't even black and white it, because it was a color TV, but it was like sepia. That's how much the color lost. Yeah. And the lines, like vertical lines across it. And you couldn't anything. My goodness. If you are younger than 25 listening to this, you have no idea what we're talking about right now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. I've noticed that there has been a lot of like nostalgia themes popping up, like a lot of things from like the 90s and very much like in everything, like movies, TV, fashion. I've noticed that a lot. So I find that is interesting of how that's kind of everything comes back around. Right. And I remember when I like when I was a kid and my mom always saved everything. She's very much a saver of every single thing that she has ever bought ever. Um. And I remember as a kid, like, I'll be like, mom, that is, I should, I should say teenager, not kid. I'd be like, mom, that's like not in style. Why do you still have that? And she'd be like, well, it'll come back around. Or she, you know, she has clothes from her teenage years. And now all that stuff is back, is back in style. Like people wear fanny packs. I remember I used to get made fun of for wearing a fanny pack. <laughs> I'm not sure that they call them fanny packs anymore, but that's what they are, people. Okay, that's what, <laughs> that's what they are. They are fanny packs. I have one pair, one pair of low cut rise jeans that I've kept throughout these years, and now that they're back, I'm like, well, I've been wearing them, but 
haven't been wearing them to the extent with like you know the crop top because that's just like too much for me I still wear like something like long but only one pair and now I'm like oh low cut jeans are making a comeback but I still wouldn't buy them I will buy a new pair <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep this one pair I have just because I like them but <laughs> it's I love I love I love nostalgia I think it's it's so it's so fun I think and I love reflection like for me even in journaling and writing and sharing stories and things that I do like that reflection piece where you're able to go back to the things that you've written down or things that you've shared and you know think about that version of yourself that you were when you wrote that thing or shared that thing and you get to think about how much has changed and how far you've come and how much you've expanded like that to me is the best part of you know reflection and and nostalgia it also makes me think of like inner child healing like i just said you know i used to get made fun of for wearing a fanny pack and now everyone is wearing a fanny pack and so this is i guess in, in if we're talking about a scale which nothing is small t trauma you know being made fun of as a kid for wearing a fanny pack and even something like that could come up for someone and you bring them back to that time in their childhood and you know kind of activate this inner child healing that you now get to do yeah yeah and the thing is is that a lot of people view inner child healing as it needs to be like a major traumatic you know abuse like you know an accident or you know like something huge but actually like those not that those events aren't like aren't impactful but there are sometimes it's just the smallest moments the smallest moments because at that time when you were a kid you told yourself in that moment a story about yourself because you didn't yeah. your mind didn't actually comprehend what was happening your mind was like took it and you're just like oh I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough or I'm not this I'm not pretty and as a child there was nobody there to explain to you what was actually happening yeah and I don't know if you ever watched Mr. Rogers oh yeah right but so it's like the way he explained things like you know through his show of like you know what it means to you know understand your emotions and stuff like that was like one person that was able to explain to kids what you know what was happening what they were feeling but you weren't getting that everywhere else right you weren't getting that like you may have gotten it through your parents or some teachers but not at every single moment of your like of your childhood right it could be that one moment that you were at recess and you know a kid said something like you know the funny path like and got like made fun of you for wearing that and so nobody witnessed it. Nobody saw it. So then there's nobody to there to kind of tell you like, oh, no, like that kid is just like projecting his own thing. Mm -hmm. And as <laughs> right? a kid, you don't have he a lot of those emotional tools. Yeah, exactly. Like or maybe like the, the like somebody to explain to you that, oh, that kid is probably making fun of you because they wanted it too. They want the fanny pack and they don't have it because they couldn't get it. But there's nobody there to explain that because nobody witnessed it. So then all of a sudden in that story, you told in that situation, you told yourself a narrative about you. And then our bodies like to hold on to those traumas subconsciously. And they like live in our body. 
And then we start seeing that repetitive cycle of same situations happening over and over, you know, attracting the shitty boss or attracting the, you know, not so great guy or, you know, trying a business and it keeps not working. And we're wondering why are these patterns happening? And then by going in and doing the inner child healing, that is where you kind of go back and you're like, oh, that's, that's where it's from. And then you can begin healing. I love that. And even, I love this example. It was unintentional. I didn't mean, <laughs> it was very unintentional. But I do love it because, w- like you said, when we do think of inner child healing, we think of like bigger T traumas, like, you know, abuse or assault or accidents and things like that. But even in the patterns that we bring into adulthood, they stem from childhood, all of them, every single one of them, right? They They come from, somewhere they come from your childhood and so even like you said attracting the shitty bosses the shitty partners right stemming from that moment where someone was mean to you and you had to be okay with it right or you know you made it about you and made made yourself believe something about you even a pattern like from that moment on being so consumed with style well style and fashion and keeping up with trends and you know wanting to be with the cool kids and so you buy the expensive stuff or you even like outdo other people and have like I'm thinking of like a more expensive fashion or you know this this need I guess to keep up with things that are cool so that nobody ever makes fun of you ever again yeah. And that is reaching outside of yourself. So that yeah. is kind of the the way I always see things is that even when I when I do it myself, it's like, okay, like what's the reason why I'm doing this? Is it because it's a desire because it truly fulfills me? Mm-hmm. Or is it because I'm reaching for something outside of myself to fill in a void that I haven't looked in? Yeah. And then that so that I like that example that you use because that is like you wouldn't think of it, but that is something that you are reaching outside of yourself, that you are like, I need to prove to the world that I'm cool and that I'm fashionable, but you don't need to prove to anybody that because you are cool and fashionable as it is. And I think it was Amanda Francis who said you are born worthy. Like, you you know, like nobody... The universe, I like to use this, the universe did not say like, okay, now here you are going to the world and you are going to be unworthy. You're going to have a shitty life and, you know, you're you're not going to attract like amazing humans. Like you're always going to have like shitty jobs. Like you're always going to suffer with money. Like the universe did not decide that. You came into the world as just you. Worthy, amazing, cool, awesome, fashionable human being. Any pieces of unworthiness that you feel or even hold, even if you don't recognize them, you hold it about yourself, are learned, right? They're learned patterns. Yeah. And when you realize that, like I've done so much shadow work myself and in shadow work and inner child healing, these kinds of things are never really done, right? There's always, there's always something, there's always a pattern, a thought that pops up, or even as you heal and move into next level versions of yourself, there will always be 
resistance, right? As you expand, as you learn, as you grow, resistances will pop up. And so this work is continuous. But when you start to do this work and you start to recognize those patterns and those thoughts and how they've been playing a very active role in your life, what, regardless of whether you realize it, right? Because most of the time you don't. No, most of the time you don't recognize that these things are controlling you, are, are writing your story for you, right? They affect the way that you show up for yourself. But when you recognize them, then you get to take that power back, take it away from those things, and you get to heal them, and then you get to show up for yourself in ways that, honestly, you probably, for me, in ways that I did not even recognize I wanted, right? Because I didn't know that that was possible or available to me. Yeah. It's so true because if you had spoken to me, I don't know, five, six years ago and said all these, all these like, you know, like shitty situations that, you know, have come into my life. If you would have said I attracted that, I would be like, no, it was their fault. It, it was a bottle of their fault. But now I'm like, nope. oh, shit. Now I know. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing. Radical responsibility, right? Exactly. And it's like the, and I always say this, we're all a mirror. So anytime something quote unquote bad happens to you, it's there because you are learning something. It's there because there's something that is being mirrored back to you. So what narrative, what story are you telling yourself in that moment of like, whatever that situation is, like, what are you saying to yourself? And see what what that mirroring back is. And that is a good way to start. Because I know, for example, like triggers. Triggers is patterns and triggers are like, you know, basically the uh, what's called like the the breadcrumb for you to start inner child healing and shadow work. Mm -hmm. Patterns, repetitive patterns of things happening over and over and you find yourself in this loop. Triggers, someone says something. And you respond it could be in you know an angry emotion a frustration but it could also not necessarily be attached to a low emotion but it could just be like oh like this question bothered me or this statement bothered me and it's like well wait why did it bother you what was it about like I think it was I was having a conversation with someone and I asked them I was like how have you been and their response was like I don't like that question but I'm good and it's like, and like, so the, that other person is just like, I don't like that question. That's a trigger. You know, for me, I'm like, I'm just asking. I want to know how you're doing. Yeah. That's it. It's, and it is enough, enough, right? Yeah. And it's like very simple. So wh why there's nothing necessarily when, when you look at the, the question in a broad sense, the, the question is just that there's nothing underlying to it. It's. When you get triggered, it's like you're putting something underneath it and there's something there. So why is that question bothering you? What is it about that is bothering you? Why don't you like someone asking you that? And go in and see what's. Yeah, it's a very powerful realization. And the more that you that you do heal and you dive into shadow work and you recognize your patterns and your thoughts and the beliefs that you that you have about yourself and your life, the more easily recognizable they become, 
And the more, the easier it is for you to shift it. And so for me, I'm now at the point where if I think something or just, I'll give an example. Just the other day, one of my friends that I work with, she sent me a message that was like, hey, can you do this thing? And I immediately was pissed. Like, I was so mad. And I was like, why? Why? And as soon as I felt that, you know, that anger, that frustration, I knew it wasn't directed at her, right? I knew it had nothing to do with her because all she did was ask me to do something. And like, we work together. You know, so of course she's asking me to to check in on something. I I message her all the time and say the same thing, right? So immediately I knew that it was not about her or the message or having to or like her asking me to check on this thing because I shouldn't say having to. I agreed to, you know, I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And it so it's that's a recognition allowed me to be like, where is this coming from? Where is it stemming from? Why am I so frustrated and upset right now? Yeah. And it was, you know, a, a root of always being told what to do, you know, the the nagging that you experience or that I've experienced from various people, right? And just, and also recognition of, I was like, throughout the day prior to receiving that message from her, it was like a, just in the energy of, people that I was not vibing with and I and you know I, and I hadn't cut that cord right and so all of that was was popping up when she sent me that message and I told and I told her about it the other day and she, and she was like no you were upset that I texted you because like you know when you work with someone you don't ever want the relationship to be tense right you, you don't want it to, to get to that point or you, you want to have an open relationship where you can say I'm feeling frustrated with you right now or, you know, I'm feeling happy, whatever it is, right? Having this this communication. And so I told her about this experience and she was like, no, we were, you were upset with me? And I was like, no, no, I wasn't upset with you. It wasn't you, right? But that was, that was a trigger and this is the realization that I had. And so, you know, the, the more that you do this work, the, the more you get to grow, right? And, and you get to have these conversations with people yeah and I love that you brought that example in because that is it's at the point of being so self-aware of yourself and I I personally love like kind of the part that gets triggered like to me it's like it's my inner child it's like oh, oh. Little, little Julie mm-hmm. and I even would like message my sister and I'm like little Julie I and it's and I recognize that because that the other thing is so there is come there comes a point of re- there's a few levels of realization there comes a point where you start recognizing okay so this side has been triggered is upset pissed frustrated whatever from whatever situation sentence phrase happening and so in the beginning I find in this is my personal experience you can let me know like how it how it it is for you. In the beginning, you're like, okay, no, like you're feeling this. Okay, so let's let's shift. Let's let's shift the the mindset. Like, let's change it right away. But then you're kind of forcing, you're forcing the healing in that sense. And then 
And then you get to another level of realization where it's, I like to call it like the merging of like your higher self and your inner child, your higher self being like, okay, cool. You feel this way, feel that way, sit in it. And then we'll analyze it later. Sorry, my dog started barking. So to close the door. <laughs> All good. So yeah, so like your higher self coming in and that like other level where it's like your higher self is allowing your inner child to feel the emotions because yeah. in the beginning we think that oh we shouldn't feel it or that we need to fix it right away that we need to shift our mindset so that we could be like high vibe etc but then for me I felt like that was like bypassing bypassing emotion. and yeah. so then I got to a point where it was like my higher self I was like oh you, you feel better okay feel better like, just don't project, right? Just don't don't project yeah. your shit onto other people. So I would sit, you know, in my own little bubble space, be bitter, probably message my sister and say I'm bitter. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm just like, I'm feeling this. But I wouldn't blame the other person or the situation for, you know, what they're doing, right? Because sometimes you don't really know what's happening on the other side. You don't know. You know, if someone's ignoring you, if someone's not responding to you, or if you're not getting an answer back, we actually like don't know what's happening in that other person's perspective, unless we're literally in their brain. Which doesn't, <laughs> it's not a thing. No, it's so true though. I know like when I started doing this work, it was very, actually, I would say when I started doing it, when I first learned kind of about, or was like beginning to learn about shadow work and inner child healing and, and this kind of thing. I very much had the idea that, yeah, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do it, and it's going to be really easy. I'm, I'm going to heal, and then my life is going to be great, right? And actually, there was a, a shadow work program that I did, and I wanted to join probably like seven months prior to me actually joining. But at the time, the original time that I wanted to join, that was very much my mindset, right? Like, I'm going to do this healing and then it's going to propel me forward in my business and in my life and things are going to be great, right? And I never joined. And then the next round opened, I never joined. And the next round opened, I never joined. And I'm I'm glad that I didn't, right? At the time, I was like frustrated with myself for not joining. But when I did join, my mindset around it was completely different because I'd learned so much, right? I had started taking radical responsibility. And it doesn't mean that you're responsible for you know, for the things that have happened to you in, in your childhood or throughout your life, right? Because you're not for a lot of things. But you are responsible for healing. You are responsible for the way that you show up for yourself and the way that you show up for that other person, whether or not that person is still in your life or even if you don't want them to be in your life anymore. And that's assuming that there's somebody else involved, right? You're still responsible for letting them go. Or for the way that they are in your life as you want them to be, right? You have a massive responsibility in healing, a massive one. And I think so many people don't. Actually, I think that people do recognize it. I think that people know that. and But I think that not that they don't want to. It's hard. It's hard. It's easier to... Go out to that restaurant, have fun with friends. It's mm -hmm. easier to do that sport you love to do. It's easier to do all these things outside of yourself and continue lifing, so to speak, 
you know, because it's easier. It's easier. But I think that once you get like once you get a taste of doing that inner work, I wouldn't change it over anything. Oh, absolutely not. All the other things. You know, there just will be some like I mean, it, it comes in waves. That's what how I see it. That you do go through some darker periods. But those darker periods and sitting in that darkness is so powerful beyond words of and there's so much insight, so much aha moments that come through and that when you break through like that rising phoenix, you're like, holy shit. And it's not so much like because, yeah, in the beginning too, like I went into inner healing because I'm like, oh, you know, like so it could bring my business up. So, it, you know, all the external things, right? Like bring in the man, do this, do that. Like, but now having done it for so long, it's that the inner shift of myself and who I am and how I carry myself in this world. I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't exchange that for anything. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that though, too. Like it, it is so much easier to not right to to not do it and our society the culture that we've created has made it so superbly easy with apps and and tv and youtube and netflix and whatever you know it's so easy to just numb out right and it's funny that this there's this duality where it's it's easy for us to stay in what we know right and so that's why that's why people stay there yeah but now that I'm on this other side. And I think that you would agree with this as well. I mean, if you don't, that's also fine. (laughs) (laughs) Now that like I've done this work and I, you know, continue to do it and I have this level of self-awareness and I have this deep connection with myself, this is easier than living with that pain and that trauma and those fears and the limiting beliefs and, and and the numbing out. Yes. Right. This is so much easier. So much easier. And it's freeing. Yeah. Right? Like, I, for me, like the fact that, especially like releasing a lot of the limiting beliefs, because those limiting beliefs, like back again to it puts you in a box. Mm-hmm. And to be like, oh, I can have this, like, or oh, I could do this with my life or with myself. Like, wow. And it's, it speaks volumes and it's freeing. It's the fact that you can, you literally are the creator of your own reality. You can literally create the life you want to create. Like there's nobody telling you how to live your life at all. And so it is super powerful. And I love that you mentioned that. It's so, it's so, I feel so cliche saying that. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but it's so true. It's so it's so powerful. It is, and it's it is. It's so freeing. It's so liberating. Yeah, and it's and speaking of like inner child healing. So this is like something interesting that I like to talk about, where some people will not realize that it is associated with other things like addiction, for example. Mm-hmm. So for about I don't know, I guess. 17 years yeah 17 years full-blown smoker okay since I was 15 and I'm talking about like anywhere between 6 to 10 12 cigarettes a day if I went obviously drinking it was more full-blown and 
I started doing inner child healing and shadow work about two and a half years ago. And last February, so last year, January 2021, I kind of went into the new year and I was like, okay, basically when I'm doing inner child healing and shadow work, I'm smoking more because it's like heavy shit. And, you know, it's my, you know, it's my addiction. It's my release. And, or when life goes shit, I, it increases. And I'm like, you know, when things are good, I can bring it down to one, two cigarettes a day. And then when things are bad, it goes down. And I was like, this is not, I'm like, I'm never quitting if I'm just going to continue this. Right. And so I made the intention that, okay, I'm going to quit. And so I ordered the book by Alan Carr. It was a stop smoking book. Now, having also done a lot of inner child healing before that, this book was basically the cherry on top mm-hmm. because what the book is all about mindset. But he takes it from like a smoking perspective, but it is all about mindset. And I literally like finished that book, had my last cigarette, and then I was like done. Like that. Love it. Because I wasn't reaching, I didn't need to reach for anything outside of myself. I was giving myself the love from my inner child. I was giving the love that I needed. And I also worked with a client recently and for her was overeating. She had a problem with overeating. And so I, and she tried all these solutions and nothing was working. And she's a friend of mine. So I was the one who actually reached out to her and I was like, have you heard about inner child healing? Like, can try it. I, because the thing is, I haven't done inner child healing with a client with any form of addiction. So I only knew for myself. So I didn't know if it actually was something that could work, mm-hmm. to be honest. And so I asked her, I was like, oh, have you tried inner child healing? She's like, no, tell me about it. And then like, I told her about it and she's like, okay, can we work together? I was like, yeah, let's do it. And she's, yeah, she doesn't overeat anymore. I love it. And so it's, it's crazy. Like, and yes, there are some addictions that are more chemically based. Mm-hmm. But I think if you combine like, you know, like the detox of the chemically based ones with inner child, deep inner child healing, like, I think that is like so powerful to propelling you forward. It's, it is, it's, it's so true. And I think like the examples that you give, like smoking and overeating are really common in our society and we don't think about them as addiction right because our society basically gives us these things all the time like they're so normalized and even though we know they're unhealthy we tell ourselves well i could be doing cocaine right like i could be shooting up something right there's always in quote unquote something worse but the reality is that addiction is addiction or your body doesn't make that differentiation no, and I love that you brought that up because the thing is, is that if you even look at human design, at a human design lens, if you, someone has an open or undefined solar plexus, which is half the population, so half have it defined, half have it like undefined open. So undefined open meaning is you're taking the emotions from the outside world in. Mm. And if you're not aware of that, or you, or if you're not aware that you're an empath, then you don't know how to protect yourself from that. You don't know how to. And so it becomes a lot. And 
And it's like, if you don't know how to manage it, then you start reaching out for things like such as eating like a coping mechanism. Yeah. Because it's, it's too many emotions. It's, and it's like, and probably 90% of those emotions don't even belong to you. But yeah. you don't know how to, how to manage it. And especially what we've been going through for the past, like whatever, two years. Like that's been a lot of energy from the outside world. A lot of, a lot of emotions from all sorts. And if you don't know how to protect yourself from that, then it's, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. Okay. And you're carrying stuff that doesn't belong to you. Mm-hmm. And it feels heavy. So It is heavy. Yeah. And so that is like, you know, if you want to take it out of human design lens as well, because like it, it is interesting. And I think it was if the spleen as well. If you have like an undefined or open spleen, you're also prone to addictions as well. Because again, you're carrying stuff from the outside world that doesn't belong to you. So it's easier to grab something. Yeah, all of these different modalities and you hear them a lot in like very specific settings and they can absolutely be specific because I mean, shadow work is a massive topic. It's, you know, I have a friend who does shadow work specifically in business right? I have a friend who does shadow work specifically focusing on the womb, right? There's so many different layers and same with human design. You know, I know people who do human design for business, for coaching, for, you know, how to show up as a coach based on your human design and for how to coach based on your client's human's design. You know, th- there's human design for relationships. I know someone who does that. All of these individual topics are so broad. They're so big. Yet when you weave them all together, they're so interconnected. They're so connected and it it just, it makes sense. Like the more, you know, the more, you know, right? Yeah. And I love that you say that because it goes back to like in the beginning being like, I can't focus on one thing because all the things I do are interconnected. Yeah. Right. We are so, so much so. But I think everything is also interconnected, like everything in life. Yeah. We are all connected, right? We're not meant to be separated from one another no it is it it's powerful and it's really cool once you realize that because then that goes hand in hand with the mirroring effect that i mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. we're all interconnected we're all mirroring each other something whether it's you know like a good mirror right like a good connection a good mirror or whether it's a bad and I'm putting all this in air quotes because like what is good and what is bad is also like relevant per person right mm-hmm. very subjective yes very <laughs> based on what you learned as a child <laughs> oh goodness I love it okay so for anyone who's listening and they're like I need to work with Julie I want to connect with her where do they go how do they find you what programs have you got coming up Okay, so you can definitely find me, Julie's Unknown on Instagram. Also on, I have a YouTube channel. It's also Julie's Unknown. I just started the YouTube channel. So it's like, it's it's in its beginning phases. And my website is juliesunknown.com. And so right now I am, so I offer four types of services. So I have one-to-one coaching and this is where we dive deep in inner child healing, shadow work, all the lovely things. And then I got human design readings tarot card readings and I just launched a new service and so I'm excited about this 
I have actually my very first session on Monday with it, with my first client. So, um, and so like, even like, I, like, I came up with the idea and I'm like, I don't know how it's going to work, but that's the beauty of it, right? Come up with it and then see where mm-hmm. it goes. So yeah. it's, it's a blend. It's a one-off magic. Yes, exactly. So it's a blend. It's like a one-off session. So you just kind of like a human design reading, you just book one. And it's a combination. We start off with the tarot card reading for what message your guides have for you. And then I basically coach you, mentor you, depending on what's come up. So if it's like tapping into like limiting beliefs or some trauma to look into, we kind of take the time to like go through that and we talk about it. We see what comes up. And then I do a guided meditation. So I do this a lot for my clients where I just channel the meditations. Like I don't have them rented out or mm-hmm. anything. I just kind of close my eyes and see what comes up and where the meditation leads us. And so the end of the meditation would be based on the theme. So if it's like inner child healing, we'll do that. If it's like a letting go or cutting cords of like an old limiting belief, we would do that. If it's manifesting, bringing in something in someone's life, we would do that. So. It's a very personalized session. It's 90 minutes, but yeah, it kind of takes everything I do and it puts it into one and it's fun. It's fun. I'm excellent. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So I call it like, I call it create magic. That's what the, that's what the sessions are called. So if you're curious about it, it, that's what you would find under my website and my link in bio and my Instagram. Perfect. I have one last question for you. Yes. And that is. What does luxuriously fierce mean to you? So I love that you asked this because it was really funny. You sent it before Mm -hmm. to see if I wanted to prepare for it. And when you first sent it, I was like, I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm like, you know what, dude, Julie, it's meant for you to wing it. And so when I see, like, when I hear luxuriously fierce, like, it's almost like this, like, empowered, like, you know, kind of like woman in like covered in like gold glitter. And she's just like kind of like standing and she's just like owning it, owning it and owning herself, owning who she is. But it's like deeply emotional too. Like she's just like, she has the biggest, biggest heart. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like the visual that I see of it. Like it's like kind of like this powerful woman. I love it. I love when people share visuals. Yeah, that was like what came up. I was like, okay, I'm just going with it. (laughs) But that's it. Just go with it, right? And and the thing about luxuriously fierce is that it can shift for you, you know, maybe in a year from now, that visualization will look different, right? It'll be different because you are different because you've expanded and that vision gets to expand with you. I love that. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And I'm I'm grateful that, you know, I was part of this. And I loved our conversation. I love yeah. the vibe. Everything was so good. So good. If you loved this episode or know someone who would, share it and show some love. Screenshot the episode in the app, share it to your Instagram stories along with your favorite fierce moment from the episode. 
And don't forget to tag me at Luxuriously Fierce Podcast. You can also subscribe, leave a review, and follow me on Instagram at Luxuriously Fierce Podcast and at Luxuriously Fierce underscore. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and don't forget to tune in next week for more things Luxuriously Fierce. The Luxuriously Fierce Podcast is sponsored by Goddess Support an oracular online business management company providing you high-level intentional support so you can be the creative and visionary in your business. Goddess Support goes the distance that traditional business coaching doesn't. Imagine having a turnkey team of goddesses that have your back with everything from strategy to implementation. That's what's possible with Goddess Support. We exist to serve the goddess that is you, and we are honored to help fulfill your big vision. Learn more at goddess.support or find us on Instagram at goddess.support.